The views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, this podcast is just a bit of crack. So, Kelly, it's been, uh, God, pushing on the guts of two months now since our last show together. Um, we had a recent call-out from a certain Bengals superfan and Minotaur's quarterback, Joe Kinahan. You know, yeah. it's always worrying when a Kinahan calls you out. But <laughs> here we are, back again, doing, doing another live show. One of us in Singapore, one of us in Monaghan. I don't know which of us is the happier. I don't know. I don't know either, to be honest, but that is gas. Yeah, no, it's never good when there's a Kenahan calling you out. Actually, speaking of Joe Kenahan, Joe Kenahan is going to be uh, part of our podcast crew going forward. Um, he will be uh, a member of the team. He's going to be helping us cover the kitted football. So we'll actually get him on maybe the next episode um, to discuss what his plans are for teams and how he wants teams to engage with him. Uh, so that we can get kind of the stats and the figures and stuff that that we had for the the minotaurs in some of the in some of the previous episodes from the last season, he wants other teams to replicate what they did, so that we can actually discuss players and say, oh, this player, you know, ran for this many yards and this many TDs, and this QB had this many, and really keep stats on our players and stuff like that, and kind of give them the coverage that they deserve. So um, Joe has some great ideas, and we'll get him on one of the days to actually run run through that. Yeah, it's going to be great have having Joe coming on board. Um, I think we may have to take the future Minotaur statistics with a pinch of salt. Uh, a couple of thousand yard games from the likes of Lynch um, may happen, may not happen, but I uh, I would look out for those sort of things from Joe. Yeah, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Uh, so come here. How's the... How is American football in Ireland? Like my phrase of this season is going to be like, obviously I wasn't there. Or obviously I'm, I'm not there. Um, but we had the recent uh, Jeff Reinbold clinic and I think you were at it. So how did that go? Yeah, there's been some like great stuff happened. Uh, like Sky Sports and Jeff Reinbold come over um, in association with the Irish NFL show and American Football Ireland. Uh, and it was just really good to have like a clinic with Jeff. Um, he came, I'd say there was well over 60 people in attendance there was people there from different clubs um, I noticed the Minotaurs the, uh, the Vipers were there there's a few guys from the North Dublin Panthers myself there from I suppose you say the Mavericks um, I just like getting to talk with Jeff getting to go through game tape with him having people from different teams like asking questions about specific plays that happened in maybe a game, say, two or three years ago, and what happened and how a team could have done better, say, to like, to, to score or to defend a certain play, different issues in the NFL itself. Um, the man was just a, a vast wealth of knowledge. You know, It was the kind of thing where you could ask him a question about anything football-related, and 
there'll be maybe a, a two second pause and then boom, there's your answer. You could break tape down like no one I've seen in this country do anyway. Um, going through showing people how to do proper blocking techniques, proper tackling techniques, even sort of how you can run an effective training training session, different things which you may overlook from time to time when you're there in the thick of it, but actually getting to, to sit down and to listen to him and just sort of like take in all the all the knowledge that he has acquired over the past 30 plus years, which is something that I think would be uh, invaluable to like many teams, many a player here in this country. From uh, speaking with with some of the AFI board members afterwards, this is something that they're going to actually try to get happening more and more often. Is getting the likes of Jeff um, and other other sort of football insiders and sort of, sort of people who are like involved in football at the, at the professional level to come over to give clinics, uh, to give talks, different presentations. It's kind of thing like there was 60 of us there at the weekend. Um, I, I doubt that that was a representative from every club, but this is the kind of thing that if head coaches and the trainers from different teams actually attended themselves, they would see, I believe, their own training sessions and their own games actually improving dramatically across over the course of either a season, two seasons, or just even going forward. And you kind of cover sort of all the different aspects, whether it be say how you know the youth team are important, how you have to work with younger players differently as opposed to working with sort of your more senior vets. And also something that we've sort of put forward is the importance of going through EMT. Um, like from even just being able to break down certain players, whether it be in training or in a match, and how you can use what you see on that footage to go back with your players, to go through it. Like, right, you need to adapt this, you need to adjust this way. Or just even to get like a sort of a visual reminder of what's going on with the team. And it can be easier to sort of pick stuff out you know, whether a player is running the right routes, you know, doing the, doing the right uh, stances for when they're tackling, different things like that. If you can actually go back and outside of the, the real live time of seeing it there and then on the field and slowly frame by frame break it down. There's something I was thinking, is like, we already know the likes of the uh, Vipers have that video cam, which they use for training sessions and also for matches. Sports capital grants, I think they're coming out, or maybe they have come out. But even for next season, that should be something that every team should put like top priority. Get that uh, on, on completely, their list. Completely agree. I mean, I was chatting to um, Paul O'Donnell there, and I mean, like this would have been a year ago. And um, he, I was like chairperson of the club and also like like transitioned to QB there last year. And one of the things that he said that they bought as a board was that that VO camera. And uh, he said it was expensive, but he just, they made the decision. They said, right, we're doing it and we're going to do it right. He said it's one of the best things that they ever bought because um, it just gives them so much information on their performance. Like right to individual stats, it gives them everything. But, you know, you don't even need to have like a fancy piece of equipment like that. You can just record video footage and you can, track your own stats and stuff like that and it's so so important like I do feel like we are 
always kind of promoting the idea of teams needing video footage. And that is ultimately also why you see teams like the Minotaurs that take their video footage very seriously. You see it with the Vipers that just coming on so, so well. Like, I mean, I think nearly every team in SVC um, does video footage as a standard. Do you know, that's, that's a standard thing. Like you, you don't get the likes of the Trojans or UCD or the Panthers without video footage from game days. That just doesn't happen. Like they're, they're kind of at that level already. Like, so um, yeah, it's just, it's so beneficial and all of our teams should be recording video footage. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And like, then just from other stuff that happened on the day, um, Jeff Reinberg himself said that he has a whole presentation package and, reams and reams of tape available that if anyone uh, is interested in getting getting their hands on it just to like sort of further their own knowledge just to get on to uh, AFI and he's going to send AFI the link and AFI will be able to actually just distribute that link to whoever gets in contact with them and anyone who's there was also actually invited to come over to the training camp over in Canada for I think it's two weeks the first two weeks in May so all you have to do is hit Jeff up on Twitter or Instagram or wherever your social media route of uh, choice is and just tell him that you know you were there and that you'll be coming over to Canada to see uh, how sessions are run and that Great. we were actually invited to attend with the special teams meetings offense defense just actually get get their pitch side and just see how a professional setup is actually run day to day yeah, brilliant. Fantastic opportunity. I hope like many, many of our athletes do it. I'd like to see all 60 people that were there head over to Canada because why the frig not? So yeah, so just uh, hopefully AFI's budget will extend to send us over to it this year. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put in a word. I'll see what I can do. Speaking of AFI and the things that AFI are promoting, I'm going to plug our Super Bowl Super Raffle. Uh, right now because we need uh, our clubs selling their tickets so that we can give them money. We also need um, to cover our own cost of running the actual raffle. So um, guys, sell sell your tickets, get the benefit of it. Four euro from every single ticket goes back to the club that sold it. And it's just a fantastic, it's a fantastic opportunity. Like every single club across the AFI can earn up to 8,000 euro from selling these tickets. So I don't know why teams aren't selling the tickets. I don't get why they won't just do it. Like flag teams in particular, I'm looking at you like you're just, you're just not, you're just not selling enough tickets. <laughs> yeah. Like I know by the time this episode goes live, the, uh, the Super Bowl will have finished. Tickets are still available up until, is it like a week after the Super Bowl? No, I think it's like the Wednesday after. I think it's the Wednesday or the Tuesday after people can still buy them. So do buy them, support your club, get your alumni. Any of those people that were, you know, used to play with your club and no longer play, they're usually just begging to support you in one way or another. So just send them the link, tell them to buy one or two tickets and uh, support support your club. Yeah, get your family, get your friends, get that auntie down the road who, you know, gives you 20 euro yeah. after master service every weekend. Your wives, your kids, your husbands, everybody. Just go around, just people on the street, just, just go up to them and just be like, buy a ticket to the raffle. Because people love raffles. Everyone loves a raffle. Everyone loves a raffle. Um, okay, well, now that we're on the topic of teams, because I have been dying to do this for so long, I really want to get through the all our teams uh, post post AFI audit. So there have been some big changes to the different divisions based on that audit. Um, 
and we want to be picking out some winners and losers from the the COVID years. So the years, these, it's not a winner or loser type thing. It's more like which teams benefited from the year off, the two years off, like which teams really suffered because of it. And that's what we mean by winners and losers. So um, I think we should start maybe with Division 2. And yeah, starting at the bottom. Um, yeah, well, so that gives us NI Razorbacks, Causeway Giants, North Dublin Pirates, Antrim Jets, Meath Bulldogs, and I mean, the big upset of DB2 is the Loud Mavericks have been relegated, have been brought down to DB2. So take it away there, Rob. Yeah, like we can really realistically we'd be able to do a full in depth show on each of these divisions later on prior to the season. But for just going through like a, a recap, like right now, looking at those uh, that division two, the Mavericks being in that division two, I'd say would be a bit of a shock to most teams. Um, dropping down uh, the past few years for the Mavericks, they, they had their highest scoring year, actually the year before COVID sort of derailed everything. Uh, I know they finished around mid-table, could be in a 4-4 four and four record, but for them to be dropped down into Division 2, it really signifies that this is going to be a massive rebuild year for them. Yeah. Uh, but saying that, if the old guard comes back and the people who have been at the club for years, like they'll be looking at the teams they're against and no disrespect to them. But I'm sure there'll be quite a few older players who would be maybe annoyed at the drop into the division. And dropping down to this division, I think anything anything less than going full season undefeated would be quite a disappointment for the Mavericks. Um, yeah, yeah. The Mavericks, there. They're, they're definitely hoping to just come down to this league, use it as a rebuild and like beat the crap out of every other team. That's, I mean, that 100%, that's what they're hoping to do with that. Do I see that happening for them? Maybe if they get enough numbers of training, I could see that happening for them because they're definitely uh, a DV1 team. Uh, at one stage, they were an SBC level team. Um, so like they they should, you know, that that knowledge and that wisdom on how to play and those skills, like they stay in a club, do you know, they get passed from from team to team to team, even as vets leave, do you know? So the Mavericks are a good a good team. They just don't have the numbers. So I think this rebuild year for them now in DB2 is a, is a good decision. Um, but overall, I am going to put the COVID year as, I'm going to put the Mavericks as one of the losing teams from the COVID yeah. year. I think that they have been a huge loser from the COVID year. It has not benefited them at all. On all fronts, on all fronts. So whether it be their kitted team, whether it be how their flag team finished last year, where the flag team turned up with five players on game day. Um, I know there has been some massive structural readjustments that have went into that club over the off-season. Uh, there's a new head coach in the kitted team. They've let go of their former flag coach. Um, so it's a team that's really in flux at the minute. But like I said, that like it's a team with great history. They have got some seasoned veterans. They'll be looking to come back massively there. Yeah, yeah. Next onto the Meath Bulldogs. I am also going to put the Meath Bulldogs as a loser of the COVID season for the reason being that uh, they were in the final of the DV1 
in 2019. That um, was a fantastic game between them and the Crusaders. There is some good competitiveness between those two teams. I don't feel that the extended break will have benefited them. I think they're going to um, struggle for numbers to retain players. I do think that they are one of the teams that has done some very interesting stuff during the break. I love that they had attempted to do that kind of joint training session with the Panthers. Unfortunately, it was a bit too early in terms of uh, COVID regulations and so it couldn't go ahead. Um, but they've, you know, they played a few games and um, they were one of the more active teams from DB2. But overall, I'm putting them down as a loser because I know that going into 2020, they were very excited about the possibility of actually winning out that division. And now it's kind of... Uh, you know, they're, they're also now in a place where they're going to be facing like team like the Mavericks um, and going to be battling out with even them, like the Causeway Giants have done, have had a good season the year before. They had some good games. Do you know um, the Antrim Jets as well? Another strong team that have had some good games in 2020. So I am going to put uh, the Meath Bulldogs as a loser due to the COVID season. Yeah. Realistically, looking at that uh, Division 2, the three Republic of Ireland teams I, I would put down as being losers, whereas the three Northern teams, I'd put them down as being clear winners in that they realistically had a small mini-season mini um, last year, you know, which would be bound to have helped them going forward. Like Their players, they're trained, the, they've had game action, proper game action. They should be good to go. I, I, I realistically can't see anything they should like falter with them they should be hitting the ground running uh, when games start here in March so the yeah. three northern teams clear winners and uh, yeah. three southern teams I'm going to have to put them the three of them down as, as losers over the past two years yeah I agree so Andrew Jets down as a winner I agree with that because like that they were in the final of the Donaghy Group Cup they had numbers they had good form uh, they have strong leadership in that club and they were an interesting, an interesting club to watch in 2020. They were making moves. Um, same with the Causeway Giants. I think that they've come on uh, a lot. Do you know, um, as, you, as you said, I remember uh, when we did our predictions and you had put the Razorbacks to beat them in week one and they were just absolutely outraged and just made a point of uh, shutting the Razorbacks out in that game. So it just goes to show what they can do um, when they're on form. Uh, like that, like the, the Northern teams have been on a bit of a, an advantage in 2020 because their restrictions were lesser than those that were faced by the Southern teams. But yeah, absolutely agree. Um, and our Razorbacks as well, like they did well. Um, they got a few games uh, under their belt in, in 2020. So I can see them being kind of maybe mid-table um, towards the end of the year. Uh, which would be pro like a good season for them. Unfortunately for the North Dublin Pirates, I'd also have them down as a loser as well. Didn't really see too much from their kitted team. Their flag team was good. You know, it was out and it was running around and it was enjoying it. And it was great. The flag was there for them for that so that the club had some activity. But from their kitted side of things, very, very quiet. So they have a big kind of uphill battle um, ahead of them going into this, this 2022 season. I suppose moving on then to Division 1. Yeah. So Division 1, I think, is actually quite a spicy wee division, to be honest. Division uh, 1, for me, I think, is the division of, of 2022. I'm very excited uh, about this division, I have to say. Right, we've got, what, two sets of students, Eagles, Minotaurs, Vipers, Crusaders. It's, like, 
looking at it there, like UL has come down and you're old stomping ground. Yeah. Which again, like is a wise, is a wise choice. I mean, uh, cause I was chatting with, with my friends in UL, uh, they have a few veterans um, retained coming into this season. So that would be namely like Plum, Bono, um, Whelan and Lumrine, uh, Alboro as well. Like some very strong players there and really good characters and just like positive, positive people. And other than that, then it's all new players. Like it's all new rookies or otherwise as good as rookies as in they haven't had a game because they might have been recruited in, in 2020. So they were quite happy to go down based on their audit to kind of um, give the rookies a chance, do you know what I mean? And to actually play some competitive football. I, I don't know if they're looking to actually win out that division. I mean, I think it's one of those that they're going to play competitively and they're just kind of going to see what happens. But I know for them, what's driving them this year is to make sure that their rookies have a good season, that they are competitive, that they actually enjoy playing football. And for them, this is very much a rebuild step. Um, so I think that is wise. There's no real benefit in being in the SBC and getting the crap bed out of you. And when you have a team of rookies that you're going out playing with, I think that this is, um, these, these are good, good, coaching choices by by this uh, team and to me I get the vibe that it's actually quite a healthy team though it's a young team it's a healthy team so I'm actually going to go right ahead even though they've gone down a division a division I'm going to put the Vikings as one of the winners from the COVID break yeah like as I said two sets of students you've got the Vikings and you've got Trinity um, both who are historically strong teams uh, both now coming down to sort of the middle division after colleges themselves not having students on campus for over a year and a half nearly, um, I think it's been uh, probably difficult you know, to attract new people in. Um, so yeah, this just seems to be the, the, the perfect, it's not too high, it's not too low, it's literally just right. Yeah. And I can see these two teams you know, prospering in this division and sort of pushing, pushing for the top. Yeah, well, I have Trinity down as a huge winner from the COVID break, like massive winner. Even their audit, they had they have something like 30 players, like they're absolute athletes, like they did well with the flag um, in 2021. And um, yeah, I just I just think that they've done so, so well um, in, in the COVID season and that they are sitting in a pretty happy place now. So for me, I would be surprised if we don't see them in a final in 2022 uh, that's how much I think they've benefited from this COVID break so um, they're huge COVID winners for me yeah like absolutely um, so yeah looking through Division 1 there like I, I find it hard to, to see a clear loser you know you've got Vikings you've got Trinity I think they're like I said they're where they should be the Eagles uh they have always been kind of like a, a mid to high ranking division one team. For me, actually, I would put the Eagles down as a COVID loser. Unfortunately, I just don't think that they have benefited from this break whatsoever. And then the last coach K coach K has gone over to the, to the Panthers. So their loss is the Panthers game. And, uh, I think they're struggling for numbers at the minute. I just think it's been cruel to them this break because I mean, they were a team that, teams were watching uh, before the COVID break big time. Like, I mean, they were, they were really, really starting to, to push up. I think they met up to a semi-final. I was surprised that they weren't actually in the final. I wouldn't have been surprised to see them in a final in 2020 or in 2019. 
So uh, I think a lot of that momentum is is kind of I get the sense it's gone out of that club. And uh, so yeah, I'm I'm putting them down as a team that has has you know been quite damaged by this break. So um, for me, they're probably the main loser from the COVID season from DB1. I nearly would put every single other team in that division as a winner from it. And even including the Minotaurs, who um, I would have originally had them as a loser. And the reason why I would have had them as a loser is because, you know, they were they were kind of pushing, they're, you know, they're in a final in 2019, fantastic final. And um, I kind of liked them for winning their division going into 2020. Uh, I kind of could see that for them. And then with the break, it was kind of going, oh, you know, it kind of has, it's going to go against them. And they were looking like they were going to be playing teams like the Knights and stuff like this. And even Trinity is after kind of rebuilding. So a lot of, a lot of competition for them there. I mean, the Vipers now are, are looking very strong after COVID and they're going to be, you know, the Minotaurs are going to be playing them, stuff like that. But I think it's just the Minotaurs themselves are so well organized and they've done so much with the COVID season that they have managed to kind of keep the chemistry there. Like you see it with Joe Kennehan and his three wide receivers and you see it like on defense, you see it uh, even the wide receivers or even the running backs are, are kind of stepping up a lot when when they were riddled with injury, stuff like that. Um, the Yeah, I just, uh, I, still, I still believe in the Minotaurs. And I mean, uh, if I'm looking at, going to make a prediction at this stage on who's going to be in that final it's a tough one because I like what the Crusaders are doing as well I also have the Crusaders down as a winning team Uh, I think that um, I think Johnny Kyo is doing great stuff Uh, I think that they have they've been very strong throughout the COVID year both in flag and in kiddish and they're an ambitious club they've come together they've brought two teams that absolutely friggin' hated each other together and they've made like a, uh, a very strong um, interconnected team. And uh, I like I like what I'm seeing from them. Um, but if I do have to pick two teams that I will predict to be in the final for like DB1 in 2022, it's probably going to be Trinity and the Minotaurs. That's who I'm, that's who I would be calling at this stage. What about you? I mean, you have the Vipers there as well. Can't forget about them. They're very, very strong. And I think that... Uh, even though he's been threatening to retire, I think that uh, Pod is still going to be uh, under centre there for them, which they will be delighted about in 2022. So uh, a good, strong offence there. Yeah, like realistically, it's the kind of thing where I think there's maybe four out of the six teams you could see making it to the final. Um, if I have to pick the two that I will Two that I would probably buy. I'm, I'm going to have to roll same as you, Kelly. I'm going to have to go Minotaurs and Trinity. Yeah. Do you, are you confident enough to pick a winner? Um. Oh, if I'm going to pick a winner, as much as this pains me, as much as this really pains me, uh, I would say that come late into the season, July, August time, and come come the playoffs, I I would most likely roll with Minotaurs. Yeah, I'm I'm there for the Minotaurs as well. Um, I like Trinity as you said, just towards the season or towards the end of the season. It's traditionally any of those college teams aren't the strongest coming into the end of the season. And then the other thing is is that the Minotaurs have more size diversity on their team. So you have like the wide receivers who are these kind of long, lanky, like athletes. 
Uh, and then you have some like very chunky <laughs> linemen there as well. You got some chunky linemen, like, and you do need them. Like, it is important. Like, and those are absolute athletes as well. And the strength, and when you can get like a fit, strong, chunky lineman, like you are laughing, you need size on both your lines. And I just don't think that Trinity has that type of size. And you cannot underestimate ever the importance of your O-line and your D-line. Like games are, are won and lost on the lines and that's it. You can have the best wide, or best wide receivers, best running backs, the best QB. But if your QB doesn't have time, if your running back doesn't have gaps and your wide receivers uh, aren't getting the ball, then they're no good to you. So like games are won and lost on the line. And that's why I, that's why I like uh, the Minotaurs for like good, 2022. Like good size of alignment. Yeah. Size matters on the line. <laughs> it really does. Um, okay, cool. So I would love to say right now that we're going to jump into our winners and losers for the Premier Division, formerly the SBC, but unfortunately we don't have that type of time for today's episode. So we are going to leave it on that bombshell that myself and Rob are predicting that the Westmead Minotaurs are going to take the bowl in 2022 for the DB1 season and we're going to jump straight into our guest interview. So um, today's guest interview is with uh, Mike Ireland. Sir Mike Ireland in fact seeing as he does have a legitimate knighthood for the Principality of Sealand. Uh, the Principality of Sealand touring team are due to play the South Dublin Panthers this Saturday 19th of February in Dublin kickoff at 1pm. Uh, so this will see the return of international football for this year and is the first game of this season. So this is what Sir Mike Ireland had to say with us earlier. Uh, Sir Mike, please just give us a little bit of a background. Uh, I think you're playing with the NI Razorbacks at the minute and then we'll move on towards the, the Seahawks stuff. So how are you involved with American football in Ireland? Just give us a little bit of background on yourself. Uh, yeah, it's it kind of it. It's kind of it, it's not that kind of rock and roll. I'm not gonna lie. I've uh, I've been playing now. This year, I've been playing since 2006, and I thought, you know what? Um, I've I've done my stint of trying to win stuff and kind of you know do stuff. I thought I'm just gonna have a bit of a laugh with it. Um, so I had a look up um, the because I'm a Bobby this side. Yeah. Uh, and I know the uh, the mighty Razorbacks. God bless them. Um, they're um, they're based out of uh, police um, training ground. So I, I found those, um, and I said, "Yeah, do you fancy uh, do you fancy a chump from England?" And they were like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, "Yeah, go ahead. We'll, we'll take it. We'll take anyone on." Um, so I gave them a shout. Turned up, and I just because I'm based at Liverpool Airport, it was forty quid return. So I just. Pack a load of stuff into a carry-on, try and blag it through security. Yeah, of course, this is a backpack. Um, and then fly out, have a bit of a game, fly back. And um, I mean, last last year's COVID season, I think we went um, uh, we went zero and three. I think we scored a couple of times, which was great. But uh, <laughs> God bless those those plucky little individuals. They are so keen. Uh, yeah. But yeah, God bless them. I mean, they've they've got a new head coach now, and Gaz Miller. And um, they're, they're going from strength to strength, and you're like, oh, good on them. But uh, as yet, I've not been able to get over this year because uh, I think we're only just about, you know, allowed to 
they'd be uh, be flying all sorts of places. So, which is why I made up that the restrictions have just about lifted in Dublin for uh, for our game with the uh, the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah, no, it's brilliant. And uh, I mean, like, it's the first game this season and it's brilliant that it's an international one. Well, uh, tell me this. So you don't actually live in Ireland or the north of Ireland. You, you actually fly over for games each each weekend. Oh, it's not every weekend. Make as many as I can. But uh, yeah, I uh, I actually live in Wales. Uh, <laughs> I live, live in Wales. Uh, I drive up to Liverpool. I fly over to Northern Ireland, play a game fly back to England, drive back and sleep in Wales. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's at that point in my career where I'm just like, ah, let's just have some fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And you know what? It's one of those things. I always think that like people have to be a bit mad to be playing American football in Ireland anyway. And I think you're just proving that point very, very well. Um, so this game with the Seahawks, um, I mean, like the reason why you're you're on this podcast is because we had mentioned the game, myself and Rob, in the last episode, which was about two, three months ago now. Um, and we had kind of briefly mentioned it at the end and then yourself and myself had a, a chat on Facebook Messenger about it. And I think I, I was chatting to you for maybe two minutes and you were telling me the story about how it all got set up. And I said, I have to get this lad on the podcast to tell the story. So I think it, it used to be heavily, uh, heavily like involved with the, the Thunder and Hurge back in the day, but now it's a completely separate team. So just from start to finish, just say exactly what you had said to me over Facebook. <laughs> about how I sat down in uh, international business meetings and did all professional stuff. And this was not in no way started in a bar in, uh, in Northern Ireland. No. Um, <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, I used to. I was the the GM of the Thundering Herd. Um, it was me and Neil McMaster built it off the back of a game that we got going in um, twenty seventeen against um, the uh, the Reykjavik Anja, which we're we'll going on to in a bit. Uh, and we we thought, right, let's make this into a bit of a team. So we made the Thundering Herd. We went out to uh, Mallorca. We went out to Budapest. And then uh, Nelly, God bless him, he got a job with um, with Great Britain and was not allowed to be our friend anymore. I mean, oh. he is obviously, but he wasn't he wasn't allowed to be you know involved with the herd anymore. The last one in Budapest, he had to tell the people of uh, GB football that uh, he was uh, it was his missus that was head coach. Honest, so um, that was that was kind of awkward. So he kind of he went, he got lost in. Like GB and and we got, it's 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 a dream sort of job for him and so you're like okay fair news. so I'm sat in um, in a bar in um, <laughs> in Belfast before one of the games you know as you do like a responsible player you kind of you know <laughs> you don't go out you don't have a beer or anything honest um, so we're sat there we're thinking right you know we miss I well I missed kind of travelling I miss playing football all, all over the place. But I knew Nelly was out of the picture, so I thought, stuff it, I've, uh, I've got to make something up here. So I'm sat with my missus and uh, lad Mikey Gray. And we're like, well, who can we represent? We don't just want to say, oh, it's it's Mikey's, you know, new squad. Um, and I bought my dad the lordship to a place called Sealand, the mighty principality, about three or four years ago. And I was like, well, we could we could do that. So I was like, yeah, okay. So we're like Sealand, well, Sealand Seahawks, they'll do. Yeah, belting. So I sent him an email because I have absolutely, as we said just before this, no shame whatsoever. Um, 
And I thought, I said, you know, you've got a football team. Do you fancy an American football team? Because they've got a footy team, which is kind of ran by a fella, uh, Ralph Little. Um, he's a comedian, a uh, bit of a laugh. And, uh, and yeah. I said, well, so tell you me want... this. You, you sent an email to Take the principality of Sealand about do you guys want a an American football team to represent you? Like, this is what you sent in the email. Who did you send this email to? It's, I think it was back then, it was info at sealand.gov uh, <laughs> or something like that. It just goes off. So I just went, oh, ah, yeah, um, do you want it? And they were like, they were, it took them a while. Uh, and they came back with, yeah, well, why why not? That sounds ace. Because I said, I'm not, I'm not a, some chump off the street. I've been playing it forever. I've made the team, I've made a squad before. I'll make another one for you guys and it won't be a joke. So, um, yeah, so do, do you fancy it? And they were like, uh, okay. So as of then, I was sat there at Franklin's with the bar in Belfast, I couldn't think of it. And I was messaging a couple of the old pals, and I mean, a lot of them are ex-Thundering Herd boys. Uh, and I said, well, I'm doing a, we're doing a touring team again, and there's going to be a lot of people that haven't played before. So we'll do Dublin. It's easy. It's just a little... So you can do it there and back if you if you want, rather than me saying, oh, yeah, by the way, our first game's in Brisbane. Good luck. Um, so, uh, yeah, and we and we set it up, and I said, do you fancy it? And it was hard work getting it going because we had, like, 20, 30 players that were like, yeah, go ahead. So we kind of started putting bits and pieces out on Facebook and Instagram, and then they were like, yeah, okay, we'll get a few more people. Um, and then, yeah, that was it. Uh, message for Dario who's been doing all my Schmeider events stuff and I said can you do us a, uh, a kit and he's like for what now I said yeah it's a travelling team uh, we're going to go to Dublin he said well I was about you come over to Montpellier next September and play us and I was like all right okay yeah sound yeah sound and, um, <laughs> and then the Anya Ha message I messaged them and just said oh yeah rebranded uh, do you want us to come and play you and they're like which team do you want? And I said, well, what have you got? I said, we've got an A team and a B team. And I was like, what's your B team? And he said, well, the kind of our developmental squad. And I said, well, what if we have, we made a club for old vets to be involved in, ones that you love, like me, you have cream cheese knees. Uh, what if we have a little game for, we give those B team with our old crusties, they can play. And then with your A team, we can have, you know, the whippersnappers that are dead keen. What do you reckon? They were like, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And off the back of all this, uh, I accidentally, whoops a daisy, made two flag teams because they were like, this sounds ace. Uh, can we get involved? And I was like, yeah, quit, why not? Um, so we've now got uh, a main team, a vets team, two flag teams. And uh, so, it's how's that? It is amazing because, I mean, like a lot of teams are struggling for numbers for one team, whereas the Principality of Cleveland <laughs> is now actually a club because a club will have um, more than one team, you know. And I'm, I'm just excited for the youth team, for like the female team, because you're on an absolute roll. And speaking of on a roll, just because I've been following you on social media and I mean, the the graphics and stuff you're putting out, I mean, it's just cool. The, the uniform is cool, but you can also... I mean, anybody can buy like a knighthood from the Principality of Season. They can buy a title. They can be a baron, baroness, Dutch, duchess. I mean, what's the, is this, is this legit? Like, 
Well, yeah, I mean, I figured as soon, soon as I'd, I'd made the team, I thought I'd, I'd best buy myself some sort of title, so I'm kind of legit. I'm not just using their name and going, yeah, Sealand, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I bet put a free, few quid in the coffers. So I bought myself a knighthood because I figured um, if you're a lord or a baron or a duke, as some of our players are, there's, there's kind of an expectation. You know, you're kind of like, oh, it's it's Lord Mike. Oh, he's a lord. Oh, he's going to turn, turn up and, you know, it is fineries and be all fancy, maybe on a horse. Um, but you can get knighted for any old uh, rubbish now. You know, if, if you're dead good at footy, you could, oh, Sir Dave, Sir Dave Beckham, that'll do. He's a Sir... sir I'm, I, I could be that guy. So if I if I'm Sir Mike turning up at a restaurant, I can turn up looking like a scruff, and they're like, "Oh, what a guy! Yeah, it's Sir Mike." So yeah, um, and I've actually got I've not got it on me because uh, you know, as you can see, I know this is like a podcast, but I'm dressed like a bum. Um, but I've actually got an ID card with Sir Michael, and you can it's it's legit. You can use it for stuff. So we've got I think we've got one who's a duke. Uh, we take take the mic. Oh, we've got a count, and you say, "Oh, yes, sir, your Excellency, how are you?" So, Steve, Duke Steve. Uh, it's just a, it's just a laugh. It's just a giggle. Uh, the thing is, is I, I don't think anyone would have the uh, the balls to actually turn up and say, "No, actually, mm, I think you'll find it's I, I'm a baron." Because mm. yeah, I sure. wouldn't cheese it. But oh, if they did, you would just you'd laugh. Like if they did, you'd you'd be. Oh, you'd, yeah. So oh, I have yeah. to say the and, promotion uh, around this event is just fantastic. And all of those things, being able to buy your title, you know, all of that, the, the social media side of things has been so, so strong. It's been absolutely brilliant. Um, but more kind of on more of a serious note, like, I mean, how, how do you think you're going to go against the, the South Dublin Panthers? I mean, you're coming up against a team that was in the final. Um, the the most recent Shamrock Bowl, uh, the loss to the Trojans, but I mean it was a very good game. They had a very solid third quarter in particular, and uh, and they were looking good there um, by the end of that third quarter. And then the Trojans kind of pipped them uh, in the fourth. So you're going up against a good team. The other thing is, it's the type of team that probably would have lost a few vets at this stage, but because of COVID, they're retaining quite a strong uh, offensive core there and these guys have been playing together for years and years and years sort of very well bonded stuff with that so I mean no doubt they'll be a good team and then yourselves are a travelling team uh, I have seen that you did some training which is brilliant I'm just wondering how is it going how do you think you are going to fare up like as much as it is a joke like are you hoping to win this game? Uh, this is the, the kind of the, the weird bit is we've got um, we've got players that are played for uh, I don't know I don't want to say GB I want to say some other inferior nation um, but we've got like GB players we've got lads that are playing pro uh, there's where is he now Istanbul um, there's lads that have played all over Europe there's um, you know, we've we've been there's lads that have kind of that have been involved in all sorts of kind of national programs. So you're like, actually, you know, we're not you know a complete waste of space. But now, when we're coming up against someone that's established, like that, that's the thing. The reason we played the Panthers is I messaged their Ben, their running back, and went, uh, I'm I'm restarting this old travelling team. Do you reckon you guys would be be up for it? And they were like, I'll have a word. Yes. Um, so, you know, we're just, we're, and that's the thing is Ben and Evan, uh, what, what we're going to do is as we kind of travel around is we're going to start picking up players and go, ah, uh, do you want to come with us? So um, I don't know which side of the ball Evan's going to be playing on the second side. Um, uh, I think he's going to switch over. 
but don't tell them that. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, so life. Oops. Um, but yeah, I have no idea. Genuinely not a clue. And that's the thing is, we don't care. Is yeah. if we turn up and get battered a hundred nil, we we've gone out there and we're giving. I mean, I don't know if you've seen on the on the Friday night before we play, we're all having we're all going to the uh, the Hilton Hotel for a mental health workshop. It's not about we're not. Uh, turning up and expecting to absolutely demolish people. We're not even t- turning up expecting to win. It's it's more about having something for uh, like boys and girls to be involved with um, and and feel a part of. Uh, we we you know we could like I say if we turned up and uh, we got smashed hundred nil, we wouldn't care because the the lads and ladies that are involved they've got something to be you know involved with and the, yeah. in the off season. Uh, when I mean we did all the Schmeider events and that's uh, you know what what they were all about was it's something to look forward to and it gives something to for people to be kind of a part of when when there's you know the domestic games like a little bit cute and um, so that that's kind of it is you know I'm, I'm not expecting much but you know do no harm if we uh, if we won like I think uh, I think we'd be quite happy with it but yeah and I, I mean the Thunder and was traditionally much. very successful team I mean uh you won a lot of games and um, I love that part that you talk about the um, the mental health side of things because we got into that over Facebook as well and it's one of those like you can get very silly about stuff but when it's something kind of deeper that drives you like and especially through COVID and people have been without sport and it's been dark and it's been cold and there's been nothing to do and it does get a bit intense and I think everybody's feeling it and uh, men in particular you know tend to kind of carry the world on their shoulders and not talk about stuff uh not talk about how these things are bothering them and stuff like that so uh i think it's brilliant i i just think it's great crack every time i chat to you it's just on facebook i laugh i just love it i'm a big fan of it so thank you so much for coming on to our podcast to tell us a little bit more about it uh as you said you're still recruiting so if anybody's listening to the podcast wants to get involved how do they contact you uh, through basically, if they, if they kind of come through Facebook uh, or Instagram or anything, just give us a shout. Or if they just find me, Mike Island, I'll quite happily chat to anybody. Brilliant. Is there <laughs> as, as you can that um, you want to say or you want to plug before we end this wee interview? Uh, no, not really. I'm just, you know, thanks for having us on, uh, you know, and I hope uh, a lot of it made sense. I mean, like I say, I'm coming off the back of night, so I'm just hoping I'm <laughs> coffee, uh, kind of caffeine fueled. So, uh, oh. but yeah, no, thanks for having us on. It's been, uh, it's been a wild ride. And uh, if there's anything else you want to ask us, just fire away. Otherwise, uh, big loves and... Uh, one more, one more thing, actually, before you go. So it's on. It's a Saturday. It's the, it's the 18th, and it's at 1 p.m. Will there be a live stream? No, I'm f- it's, hang on, it's the 19th. Uh, just yeah, I was like, 18th, Jesus. Um, now, uh, we train on the 18th, uh, if you want to come and laugh at us at Simon Park. Um, but yeah, uh, it's not live streamed. However, what I will do is I, I'll, I'll hijack Facebook live stream, no doubt, at some point. Uh, so if they, if they kind of find the, the page, the Seal and Seahawks page, uh, and they want, you know, sideline interviews, because I will just push it in people's face and just go, ah, say some words for the people out there. They'll go, uh, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, it'll just be a bit of a giggle, and that's what the whole thing's about. It's just a bit of a laugh. Absolutely. Brilliant. Sir Mike Ireland, thank you so much, and we'll chat to you very soon, and the very best of luck with restarting international football here in Ireland. Thank you kindly, all the best. See you later. 
Okay, guys, that brings us to the end of today's episode. As always, thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you all later.